What's going on, y'all? Thank you guys again for tuning in to a new episode of Change the Subject. It's BJ. If you would like to follow BJ, you can follow him on Twitter at DergoBJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And if you would like to follow the show page, that could be found on Instagram at The Subject Change. Um, thank you guys again for returning and tuning in. I got some really good stuff today. But first, I need to let you guys know we need ratings and subscriptions. So any of you guys who have yet to leave a rating and a subscription and a comment, you can definitely head over to Apple Podcasts so that we can basically tell BJ how he's doing. Um, let me know in the uh, ratings. Give me one to five stars and let me know what you think, whether good or bad. We just need those comments. But no more, no more promotions and questions and things of that nature. Let's get into this topic that we have and introduce our guest for today. I've been trying to like work with this guy for a long, long time. I think this man is the first podcaster that made me cry listening to a show. <laughs> I think this is the first guy. I can't remember the name of the show, but it was with you. Uh, UC and King Ko mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. about the fathers, man. Like that was the first time I ever cried. But um, <laughs> we got to give it up to this podcaster. He's amazing. He has an incredible show, and we're gonna let him tell you more about the show after we tell you who he is. This is Jones from the Stakes Is High podcast. Man, what's hey, happening? What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes Is High podcast, <laughs> a real podcast, having real conversation with real people, and I am Jones. Hey. What up, TC? <laughs> what's happening, man? Everything is great. Everything oh, is man. great. Yeah, man, I man. appreciate you coming through, man. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Um, And just for the listeners, man, I actually hit BJ up and was like, yo, man, I want to come on the show. And I know we've talked about working together, you know, like you said, for a while. But, man, I, I really I really appreciate what you're doing over here, man. This is, you know, your platform is dope, man. For, so I, I hit him up and was like, yo, I need to get on there, bro. I need to get <laughs> on there. <laughs> so And it was it was definitely like a really, really great feeling because it's certain people that I have to like prepare for. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like so I always like take a little bit more time on certain people. And you and you and maybe a couple of others, I'm like, I have to really structure something out. Oh, so man. even after we decided to do it, it took me about like two weeks to get something good. And I thought for a while, I'm like, maybe I need to wait a little bit longer. But it ended up coming full circle. Everything is pretty much together. And yeah, we're going to yeah. have a dope conversation. Yeah, man. Honestly, man, I'm kind of nervous because I, I really, I know you gave me like a quick rundown i'm like ah what is he <laughs> what are we talking about so man i'm excited man and um man again like i said thank you man for having me here man for sure absolutely absolutely so just give the listeners an idea of what the stakes is high is oh man yeah man uh stakes is high uh, stakes is high podcast you can find us on all platforms but uh, myself and tc man we just try to uh, like I said in the beginning, man, every time I go on a show, I always give my little rundown. But, I mean, that's what it is. It's uh, just real conversation with real people, man. And, uh, you know, we just try to we just try to talk about different topics. When I started the show, and not to go too much into it, but uh, the, show, my, the show that we do is just basically uh, my contribution to the culture, you know. And right, when, I, right. when I say culture, man, it's black culture. And uh, I, before I started, I would just see people just complain and talk on social media. And I'm like, well, um, if you see our video, man, uh, my mentor, he, I would complain to him. And he was just like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And, you know, excuse my French again, but 
that's what I was like, yo, I have to keep putting out this this content and highlighting different business owners, people doing things in the community and, you know, and, and have fun too, man. So that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what it's about. You guys sure. have a lot of um, heavy talk points. Yeah, and yeah. That's what, that's really, you know, what I use to kind of gauge the people that I have on is like, when I think of certain people, some people still have like a sense of humor about their tragedy mm. so that you know that it's like a a back and forth that can possibly be uncomfortable at some points. But, you know, eventually it'll get light at some point of the conversation. But with you guys, it's like you make sure that the point is driven, that mm. you get it and that it stays with you so that you can continue the conversation on. So. Yeah, man. It's it's been tough, man, because a lot of times when you hear other people show, you know, um if you if you listen to a lot of different podcasts, man, uh the content is fun, it's light, you know, and and I try to stay in my lane, but man, I enjoy those shows too. So uh but you know, I I've created this lane and not well, I didn't create it myself, but I, I joined this lane of conversation and I try to stay there, man, you know, and keep it consistent yeah. in what we do, you know. Yeah. You know, everybody can be the same. I really appreciate the diversity of all of the different podcasters yeah. that, you know, we've come across in this time that we've been doing this. And I get intimidated sometimes because I don't feel like I have enough humor. Um, yeah, on my show. exactly. But, you know, you just have to, like, stay true to yourself. Yes, and yeah. that's what has gotten me and you, you know, some some leaps and bounds ahead of mm -hmm. um, where we thought we probably would be, you know, when we started. So Yeah, yeah. Man, when I, cool. I want to go talk that shit, man, I go over to the Drunken Nights and have some fun, man. You know? Oh, yeah. Shouts <laughs> out to them, man. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are, like, some of the funniest niggas I've ever oh, met. Oh, man. They're my but brothers, they, man. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> So we're going to get into the segment that we uh, typically go into before we get started with the topic, and that is called Q&A. It's uh, questions, answers, and alternative. Usually the questions are not as hard, but some people just so happen to get a question that they may not know how to answer and opt for the alternative. But there's only one alternative. So you ready to get into some questions? Yes, sir. Let's do it, man. All right. So question number one. If you had to listen to one record label for the rest of your life, which label would you pick? Record label. Uh, I'm going to go with Rockefeller, man. You know, I'm going I'm to rock yeah, out. Yeah. I'm a, a Jay-Z fan, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with The Rock, man. Although my favorite album ever, my, you know, my, the best ever album I've ever listened to is not come from The Rock, but it's a label. I'm going to go with Rock. The Rock. All right. All right. I can understand that one. All right, so speaking of the Drunken Nights, I'm going to give you a scenario. And in this scenario, you have to tell me which Drunken Night fits the three circumstances of this scenario. Oh, All right? This is easy. <laughs> All right. So if Jones called the homies crying about a breakup, okay. which night is going to A, say you a bitch and stop acting like a bitch, B, bring another bitch to help you get over the bitch you crying about, and C, laugh at you, but will still talk you through the breakup, even though he is laughing his ass off. All right. So to the first question, man, believe it or not, I don't think any of them would respond that way. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Hey, them dudes, I, I think they, I think they, uh, I don't think either one of them would say that. Now, after the conversation went on, maybe they would say that. So if I had to say one person said that, uh 
I'm gonna go with Brother to the Night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who's bringing more bitches? Oh, I gotta go with my nigga Swoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta go with Swoop, man. So, um, man, you know. But if I uh, to add to that, man, but if I had to go to someone's shoulder to cry on and. He might cry with me. I'm going to go with King K, man. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you know what's funny is because, like, I get I get it when you said, like, who's known to, like, bring other bitches. <laughs> like, that seemed like swoop all day long. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I honestly thought that it would be the opposite between Brother to the Night and KO because... Like, I've had personal conversations because, like, typically KO and Brother to the Night, we, like, call and check up on each other at random points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And KO is, like, very blatant. Like, he's not that person that is ultimately uncomfortable with telling you a truth that he feels like he's going to share with you. Whereas Brother to the Night, he's not that either, but he does have a little bit more compassion. Um, so I agree, but this is what I think in that, in, in your description of that. So I think, um, you're, you're right in both cases, but I think King K is, he's more realistic with it, but more of on a sensitive side, not calling him a bitch about it, but I think that he's, he's more careful with his wording as I think, uh, Byron would, brother to the night would, he would be the same, but I think he would give it into you more of a a raw, more of a raw, in a raw setting, what I would say. You know what I mean? Like, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. I think King K would be a little bit more sensitive with his words in a way to where he could relate. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, I mean, that makes more sense. And I guess it's just like me having to experience more of those instances where yeah. you get to see it a little bit more in detail because like I, I almost had it like right with the exception of those two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So <laughs> number That's a three. That's good question, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see what they say when they hear it. <laughs> okay. So number three is what are five meals you expect a woman to be able to cook to qualify her as a good cook? Uh, man, that's tough, man. <laughs> um, man, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it on simple meals, right? Okay. Um, because of course, you know, we can go kind of, we can make it hard and, and give some unrealistic meals. But I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it simple on the on five meals. Okay. So um, first, I'm gonna go with fried chicken. Okay. Uh, you know, that's there's an art to making fried chicken, man. Believe it or not. Um, you know, so I think fried chicken is one. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with spaghetti as number two. Okay. Um, okay. You know, man, some people can just throw some tomato sauce in it, man, and just get some get some uh, <laughs> some noodles. But a woman who can really make some good spaghetti, man, they know how to they know how to add some little bit of this, a little bit of that in there. So uh, spaghetti, right, right, right. <laughs> spaghetti. And uh, three, I'm gonna go with scrambled eggs. Sounds simple, right? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but nah, nah, man, it's an art to making some good scrambled eggs too, man. So, um, scrambled eggs and four, I'm gonna go with, 
I'm gonna go with a meatloaf, man. I sorry to the vegetarians and the vegans out there, man, but I'm gonna go with the meatloaf. Meatloaf. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. You know, um, a good meatloaf is is always uh, is appreciated. And then final, man, my fifth, man, I, I could have made I could have made this number. I could have made this all five of them, man. But man, everybody who knows me, man, they knows I love a good chocolate chip cookie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie Monster Jones. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You gotta. Hey, for one, that's the way to my heart, man. Making a good cookie, man. So, uh, yeah, man. Cookies, man. I could have made cookies all one, two, three, four, and five, but oh. you know, man. Um, yeah, man. Some good cookies, man. So <laughs> that's a tough right. question, man. I can respect that. I can respect that. Yeah. All man. right. So number four is, how would you prioritize these women in order and why? Okay. Num- okay, I would. Now I'm gonna take the numbers out. But these three women, of course, okay. will be your sick mother, your daughter's mother, and your new girlfriend who has just become a mother for the first time. Uh, damn, bro. Um, so my 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 sick mother. Okay. Um, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying on my loud. I'm saying on my loud. Oh, okay. Uh, um, man, you know, um, my son, I, I, I say son because I have a son, man. I'm going to probably go with, uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with her, number one. Um, and then I'm going to go with my mother and, and girlfriend, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, man. man! So you say you would go the your mother, your son's mother, and then the new girlfriend who's the mother for the first time? No, 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 no! I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with mother, my, my son's mother. I'm gonna go with wifey first, man. Wifey first. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, you, you gotta go there, and then my mom, and then uh, you know, if you got a wife, I guess you can't have a girlfriend. But I say girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I think we understand where you're coming ah, from with yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So number five is um, name three songs that are beautiful, but remind you of bad experiences. Uh, damn, bro. <laughs> you know what, man? Um, Damn, you said three. Well, however many you can come up with. It's, it's okay. said three, but you can just give me any number. Um, You know, what's one song, man, that's beautiful, man, but I think it always brings up bad memories for most people because uh, uh, I'm going to go with the boys to men, man, end of the road. You know what I mean? Beautiful okay. song, man. Yeah. You know, every, <laughs> we always listen to that at a bad time, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, real talk. Regardless real talk. if it's a graduation, whatever it is, man, end of the road. Um, Damn, bro, that's tough. Um, uh, that's hard, man. Uh, shoot, man, you got me, man. Yeah, well, we could just leave it at that one, cause um, I I even struggled to like come up with three on my own. I think the yeah, I think yeah, at the yeah. most I came up with was two. I remember, um, my first year of truck driving and you know when you first get your license they send you um to drive over the road all 48 state yeah to um get your experience 
So I remember like at this particular time, I was going through like a horrible breakup. And at this point, I think um, I went home for my little quick home time. And this was in the era of the iPod. So I had to like reload my iPod because I had no internet the whole time I was on the road. And um, I think at this particular point, Anthony Hamilton had just put out uh, the point of it all. And mm. um, at the same time, I think music soul child's so beautiful was out around the same time. This was like <laughs> literally like a, either weeks or maybe a month apart. So um, I downloaded everything that had came out within the last, what, three or four months that I was away from home. Mm. And of course, I'm going through this breakup. So I'm listening to the point of it all. And in my mind, I'm feeling like because I'm out here lonely, I ain't been home in all these months and my, you know, relationship is like shitty. This song is really resonating with me. Uh, it's like really resonating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, I'm fighting for my relationship from, you know, 3000 miles away from home. And um, then like so beautiful, like it was crafted beautifully, like the way that, you know, you hearing this man singing about this beautiful person and you begin to like somewhat realize how much of a beautiful person you probably do have but you just can't see it because of all of the shit that y'all was going through yeah, yeah so these songs like remind me of not just how depressed i was from that experience alone of just not being home and going through a rough patch but it also reminds me how desperate sometimes you can be when you in love and why those songs are so important you know what i'm saying because you don't want to find out how much this shit actually means to you when you can't do nothing about it yeah you know yeah, what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, for so sure. like that was the two that really like stuck out in my mind but even after i mean of course that relationship is long gone and done but like i still appreciate those songs because sometimes you need you need that like kick you know to let you know like okay dog like tighten up it could go bad again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, remember what you have. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. those are the two that I came up with. Okay. Yeah, that's tough, man. So, I think if I had some time, yeah. man, I probably would have been able to come up with a couple, man, that hit me hit me emotionally in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard to answer those type of questions on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the last one is... um. What is the most important factor in your self-esteem? Your gym shoes or your haircut? Well, you know, a nigga's bald, so. <laughs> 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 hey, I heard you. I heard you ask someone else that, man. Uh, I, I think uh, it was Sire. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, nah, man. You know, um, man, I'm bald, man. So you know, I got to go with my kicks, man. And really, honestly, man, probably like within the last. Uh, last few years man i've been i've been stacking my 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 kicks man but you know honestly man it don't give me self-esteem man but uh i've been i've been i've been stacking my kicks man so i've been getting yeah get, I hear getting you. some exclusive jays man but nah man honestly i go with my haircut i ain't even gonna say it man because if i don't cut my hair man i'd be walking around this month looking like george jefferson so yeah my <laughs> my, my haircut man i got it i got i don't even got me shaving that's what i should say <laughs> yeah real talk yeah that's real my because if talk. i walked around man if I, I thought about it man i, I always probably need to holler at 
somebody, man, if I ever go to the hospital, man, I'm like, yo, just make make sure my shit is shaved because I don't want nobody coming to visit me. I'm looking like a 50 or uh, an 80 year old man <laughs> up in that market. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I hear man. you. Yeah. So my head, man, my, my shave, man, I gotta. That's that's that that uh, that's that's to that question. That's my that's my answer, man. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So. Um, we gonna get into the conversation no doubt, now, no doubt. and um, I think this one is good because I know that you're gonna take it, um, and you know some very interesting you know directions as far as like logic, and then also coupling that with your experiences. I'm pretty sure we gonna have something that's gonna really resonate with the men. But I wanted to talk to you about accountability mm-hmm. in black men, okay. and discuss the the ways in which black men are being depicted and portrayed in the world, and it's like. And we also have to um, kind of like give it up to a lot of the men who have been maturing and stepping up in their responsibilities, you know, as men, because, I mean, it's hard to deal with being condemned and constantly scrutinized and still, you know, do what you're supposed to do as a man. But there are still some brothers who have yet to change. You know what I'm saying? And in terms of relationships, of course, but. Um, both men and women tend to blame him for his lack of maturity, whereas it's actually a duality because when you look at a man and you call him a dog, it's not always his fault. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's because that dog has, you know, a homeboy, you know, and he's not really holding him accountable. So, like, it's that idea of a man and his best friend not really knowing how to hold each other accountable. But then, too, there also are some women who love dogs, too. Okay. And depending on how she treats you is how you end up, you know, either maturing or being at a standstill. So I wanted to talk about, like, dog training in a sense, like us being people and how we respond to other people being in positions or being in places in their lives where they're struggling with their maturity. And, of course, when you can't mature properly, that tends to keep you from being accountable as you would like to be. So I wanted to kind of talk about that if we could. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. So um, do you have any homeboys right now that you can think of that like as a man, you know that he needs help, but he just hasn't connected to the type of, you know, information or the type of guidance you are trying to provide him to help him grow? Um, you know, man, when you, uh, to answer you, to answer you, to to answer you right offhand, man. I think, I think so, man. Um, and just to have self reflection, man. I think in the same, in the same sense, man. And we can, and maybe we can come back to this, man. But you know, um, I can see it in myself where I run away from, you know, um, some of the assistance that some of my homeboys may be trying to give me. Or, um, but yeah, yeah. To answer your question, yes, I, I I've seen, you know, I've seen buddies. And I do have a homeboy that I think that I can I can speak for that I uh, that I try to that I try to talk to about a few things of things that he's going through in life, man. And it's always tough, man. It's, it's tough because who am I? You know what I mean? And sometimes even if you've gone through some things in life, man, and you still try to to share certain things with your boys a lot of times, man, you, they look at you in a, in a way as your peer and sometimes, not all the times, they look at you and say, yo, 
how can I listen to you and you out here slipping or you're doing this or you're doing that. You know what I mean? So it's all, right, it's, all, right. it's always a tough conversation, man. And, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, man, I, I, I do. I do. And I try my best and my ability to try to even just share my experience and give advice. Now, I think he listens sometimes, you know, but other times, you know, I think we, we go into homeboy mode and be like, <laughs> nigga, what? you know, right, you know right. we go on defense, I should say. We go to the defense. So, but yeah, man. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think yeah, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The first, like, well, I'm going to just go into the different parts of um, what we're getting to. Um, when we talk about like dog training, I wanted us to talk about how we train people in a sense of, like you said, you know, seeing it in yourself and holding yourself accountable, but then also trying to elevate our circles, trying to make sure that we consider not only ourselves, but the people that are affected by some of our actions and judgments. And it kind of goes into like various layers. Now, the first dog we're going to discuss, of course, is our dog, the D-A-W-G, like our homie, yeah, you yeah, know, sure. and yeah, some of our homies, they come from broken homes. Um, they have homes with no affection, um, sometimes even abusive backgrounds, and there's really no objects of affection around to be affectionate with. So to express how you would probably learn love or to um, experience some type of love Usually there's a moment when a boy gets his first pet, which typically is a dog. You know what I'm saying? And um, even though we're speaking like figuratively about the homie, there's a point when a dog like your homie gets a pet and you don't realize it. But his realities begin to change because, of course, that's his first sense of responsibility. Usually when he gets a dog. The parents make him responsible for it. You clean up after it. You make sure it's fed. You you do the necessary care and concerns that you will show to your pet. And this is the first responsibility that most boys are introduced to outside of possibly maybe the siblings, if you have any. So we learn early how to clean up, you know, clean up shit. You know what I'm saying? And we learn how to make sure that, you know, our our dog knows where to um, to go when he has to do those type of things. Right. You know, make sure we're feeding the dog the right things, spending time with your dog. Most importantly, showing your dog discipline, yet establishing that your love for your dog is only because you're trying to show him how in which he's supposed to behave himself. So you introduce to these characteristics and the pet first, and then you grow up and have to show this to grown men. You don't never you never really see how that correlates at all, you know, because we don't want to look at our our homeboys as animals. But sometimes we have like animalistic nature. So have you ever had an experience where you've you felt responsible for your dog in that way? Talking about your homie like I got to help you clean up your shit. I got to help you see things correctly. You know, like having that that brick that big brother mentality with your homeboy. You know, um, I mean, BJ, just to keep it all the way one hundred, man. I think I was. Um, I mean, I and I don't know if I, I can go into my background, man. I think I've always been just to be all the way real, man. I think I've always been the homeboy having to get shit cleaned up for him. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, that's real. Yeah, that's man. Real. And, and, and just a little bit, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I go into it, man. And um, if we want to keep it metaphorically, man, uh, because of my background, I was never, I was, I was never given that dog to have that responsibility. So mm, my, mm, okay. my, my growth process has all has been for the longest and I still struggle with it to this day has just been like, um, I've talked about it on my show before, man. I talked about like growing up, man, and having a lot of women in my life, it was because of the lack of relationship that I had with my mother. And right, right. And with with that, and I, and man, maybe we go in a whole different direction of the show, man. But I mean, when you speak of what you're saying, man, I'm like, damn, I'm the person getting cleaned up. Oh, but going back to that, man, um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have those things given to me as a responsibility to teach me how to take care of this dog. So what happened was, I went into the world. Just like, yo, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what the, I don't know how to deal with these emotions that I have. I don't know how to get this intimacy. I didn't know how. So the first thing you do when you don't have a mother, and this goes to men who don't, a lot of times who don't have that relationship with the mother, they go, they seek it out in women. So a lot of times people think that when a guy has a lot of women or he's dealt with a lot of women in his life, he's out here just like, I'm this player or I got all these hoes or whatever. Bro, that's not the case. That was never my case. I was getting these fulfillment from women that my mother was supposed to be giving me, but I was getting it in women. So let's say three women, right? This woman was giving me the intimacy. This woman was giving me confidence. This one, this woman was giving me security. And it was just coming to all these things that that one woman was supposed to give you your whole life. So, so what happened was my homeboys was having to be that guy to say, Hey, yo, man, you know, I need to clean up your shit. You know, like, Hey bro, what are you doing? I'm checking me like, Hey, you know what I mean? So I, to say I have been that person, nah, man, because I've, I've been the person that cleaning up my shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so many words, you know? That's real. Yeah. That's yeah, real. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I think about how important it is to acknowledge that too, because um, like I said, like the pet in most cases is always the, the boy's first responsibility. And that's mm-hmm. the sense that um, mm-hmm. we we use we use those things most of the time as experience but sometimes those are like teachers for how we're supposed to navigate in our relationships because they always make a pet a, i guess equivalent to a kid and yep. um sometimes that's not the best way to look at it because sometimes your friends are in so much need of some of the experiences and the enlightenment that you have and you don't want to look at your homeboy like he's childish. You want to respect his struggle just like he would yours. So I think that it was interesting to like dig in my own life and see how I've wronged a couple of homeboys because I I used to feel like, well, I ain't your parent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I could very yeah. well be your teacher and your example. And um, I understand now that I'm an adult that, Helping your homeboy with his shit is very important. That's how yeah, bonds yeah. are actually built. And, mm-hmm. you know, those men come back to you later on in life and they really give it up for you for saving them from yeah. themselves and some of those experiences. Yeah, man. 
and you're right, man. So like the people that have that been have been in my life that was very non-judgmental, that was like by my side, who who were the people who helped clean up my shit. All the people that I that I grew up with that's still close to me now that would be open enough to be like, yo, bro, you slipping. But here's another thing to the, to add to that, BJ. You know, a lot of people are fortunate enough to have those type of people in their life, but in a lot of cases, such as mine, me and my homeboys, we come from the same background. We come from the same type of household. So therefore, a lot of our learning experiences was with each other of, you know, like people have given some of those responsibilities. You got to think about a group of friends who come together because we are able to relate so much in the same manner to where we are learning from each other. And and, and right, think about right. that. You have some irresponsible boys learning from each other because no one else is teaching them. So that, you know what I'm saying? So a lot of times, you know, I'm going to learn from your mistakes and you're going to learn from mine. You know what I mean? So um, you have to consider that too, man, like background and, you know, where people come from, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, that, that's kind of, that was kind of my experience, but you know, um, but, but, but with what you being said, man, I do, I still have had homeboys be like, yo man. And I've done it too. Like, bro, you tripping, man. You shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that gives a lot of perspective too, because you know, women tend to believe that usually when men run in packs, they doing wrong together. It's not often that you see them learning from the mistakes that even if they are making them like they're learning from each other. Yes. They're bonding with each other because they understand where each other are coming from Man. and how we need each other to, you know, maneuver through these mistakes that we're making. So yes. Yes. it's always being depicted as negative when you see a group of dudes in any fashion. You know what I'm saying? Because you always mm -hmm. think that they're up to something other than positive. Right. So that added a lot of perspective just off of what you were saying. Like, yeah, we struggling together, but we're learning from our struggles together. Yeah. And, and it may be, and it may be fucked up, but Hey man, that's all we know. <laughs> we learn. That's all we, we learn. know. Right. <laughs> right. <patient>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, but what I was able to see too, in this process of like developing the show, because pretty much what I was like laying out in questions as you were speaking, you were answering them. So I don't even have to ask the questions, but ah, the interesting okay. part, the interesting part to this process, too, is that women love dogs, too. Now, this is the part that we never really get to hear about. And um, as I was digging, I find that there are some things about women that they do without necessarily knowing they're contributing to the the stray dog, which is the dog without the direction. You know what I'm saying? And. I just wanted to talk about it. I don't want to necessarily place blame on the women because, again, we just learning from our mistakes. But there are some things that they do. And um, on one well, hand, I'm, I'm that straight dog. I, I, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I can respect that, too, because yeah. I've been one, too. I've yeah. been one, too. But ultimately, um, the problem that I think that I'm having with the the straight dog mentality is that, well, let me get into the setup first so okay. it'll lead up to us answering to that so um like i was saying you know women have you know developed this love for dogs too and for different reasons on one hand the reason why i think women have become better suited for dogs is because of their mater their maternal instincts like they have this nurturing um ability about themselves and usually when a dog is nurtured you see a small difference 
in the dog versus the dog that's just being treated as the guardian or the protector. Like he's a lot more happy. The dog is a lot more friendlier. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to those places where people have an animal and it's like, oh, he's a big dog, but he doesn't bite. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he's a little bit more um, sensitive to people. Whereas when a dog is in a man's care, it tends to be a little bit more aggressive. It's trained to embody some of the same characteristics as the man that is considered to be the dog's owner. So there's some different perspectives that you can get from the dog that's under the woman's care versus the man's care. But the one thing that makes the difference is despite the fact that the woman has the control or the, the ownership of the dog, she still does not want to clean up the shit of her dog. She still feels like that's a man's job. So you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Right, right, You know right, what I'm okay. saying? It's yeah, like, okay. in some senses, when you deal with men and you set these standards for men, and sometimes men struggle, of course, to live up to your standards, and you don't talk these things out with them, you just expect what you expect. Mm-hmm. And you don't give that man the consideration that he deserves to even be putting forth the effort. You're not encouraging them you're Uh just expecting what you're expecting and then you send that dog back out with you know shattered dreams disenchanted encouragement and all of these different things he goes back out into the world feeling down on himself because he put forth his best effort to be you know stand up for you and you didn't really encourage or you didn't motivate or inspire or even communicate with him how in fact he could Uh improve or do better or to make the process a little bit more well-rounded for his learning ability. So now he's somewhat developing some bitterness. We have to talk to women about why that is so detrimental and why they're so important to how dogs become who they are. Because some of them do go back out in the world and become rabid and, and maul somebody or take advantage of somebody or cheat on somebody because they're trying to get a sense of fulfillment in some way, shape, or form, because they've been put down all of these different times. Yeah, man, I think... Um, is that real? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think I, I think what happens is, like, so... I think with, with women... The difference between women and men is that I think women are, are, more, are more prone to accept a, a dog accept the man just accept a man and his shit to where you know um a man may not be able to a man to be like yo listen bro i ain't I'm, I'm not trying to hear that bro man up you know what i mean and and the women are more patient and the women are more, more prone to be able to accept it and and willing to help clean it up to where i think a, a, a man if you come into if you my homeboy and you still on that bullshit i'm gonna be like bro get the fuck out of here i ain't trying to hear that shit you know what i'm saying because right, right. i don't have to have a lot of times i don't have to have the patience to where a woman you know we're looking i think what happens is when women with men i think um they're from my experience you know women have been able to say okay I will accept your shit as long as you're showing me that you're willing to clean it up and make things better. But what happens is men don't know how to make it better. Men don't know how to clean up their shit. You know what I'm saying? And for the longest, just because 
one, we've never been made to have to clean it up or we have never been made to change. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and, 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 and not to get it wrong, men do change. I cannot sit here and say that they don't. But a lot of times it's hard for a lot of men to change because we've never we don't know how, bro. We don't know. This is all I've known my whole right, life. Right. I've known this my whole life. And here comes this beautiful soul accepting me for who I am. And now she wants me to change. And you want to, but this is all you've known your whole life. You know what I mean? And what happens is women get caught up with waiting and waiting and waiting. And now they five years in or however long in with a motherfucker who's just been trying to change some shit that he don't know how to change. You know? And that's that's honest. You know, honest. and I think what happens, I think, I think before a woman is willing to say, and this is to the women, before you're willing to say, I accept this man and his shit and he, he said he's willing to know how to change. He, he He's willing to change. But make sure that motherfucker knows how to change before he said he going to change. Because a lot of times we say we going to change, but we don't know how. <laughs> you know what I mean? Real shit. Yeah. And we just trying to we just trying to live up to whatever exactly. they believe your expectations exactly. are. Exactly. Right, right, right. So we get into um, one of the other examples. It's like um, because I oftentimes wonder, like, do women ever feel like they somewhat cultivate cheaters. And the reason why I ask this is because um, there is this concept of women being fond of little dogs versus big dogs. And the reason why is because they can kind of create the spaces to occupy, well, create spaces for the dog to actually occupy. They like those dogs that they can easily fit in their purse, which is something that they keep very close to them um, they control how much space is in the purse. They give you just enough room to manipulate, you know, yourself and your feelings and, you know, things of that nature. It's just enough space. It's not like you're taking over, you know, their territory in a sense. So they give you just enough space to do you as a man. And in some cases, it could look as if it's a boundary to where they're not going to let you walk over them or it could very well be controlled depending on how you look at it because those dogs that you tend to control sometimes they attack or they lash out at you when they feel like they're being restricted they feel like they're not getting the proper space that they would need they feel like they want a little bit more territory to roam around this is when they turn on you you know what i'm saying and psychologically, I know for some women, you can't really process this because most of them really don't have experience with dogs. But just off of the, you know, the metaphor alone, when a dog doesn't have enough space to roam, right. to figure himself out, to figure out how he actually feels. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes other women is the option, you know, because all he knows is one type of woman. You know, like you have to give that man that room. Like, when would you say is the appropriate time for a woman to acknowledge that a man needs to be set free or a dog needs to be set free? And honestly, man, I think what happens is I think, as you know, and I know um, what happens, I think people think they want a dog. And then when they get that dog, they're like, damn, there comes. I don't have time for this dog. I don't have responsibility. I don't. I don't feel like cleaning up after this dog. I don't feel like, 
it don't matter if it's a big dog, little dog, medium dog, whatever it is, stray dog, whatever. Um, I think first and foremost, you have to make sure that you're ready for a dog. So um, as a kid, if you want a dog your whole life, w- one of the things that your parent, the, the, one of your things that your parents have to see is to see if you're responsible enough to have a dog. And then mm-hmm. they put tests to you. They say, yo, um, uh, look, man, you can't get no dog. You don't even clean up your room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't want no dog. You don't even wash these dishes. How can you get a dog when you don't fulfill the rest of these responsibilities that you have? So it, with that being said, man, I think what has to happen is I think I think women, men, whoever it may be, you need to step back and say, damn, do I even want a dog? Am I am I prepared for a dog? Do I have time for a dog? Do I have am I responsible enough to raise this dog? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So converting that over to conversation I think what happens is people think they're ready for relationships. They think they're prepared for relationships. They think they have time, responsibility. They're responsible enough. And then what happens is you get this you get this broken down dog that you got from the pound that needs love, that mm-hmm. needs responsibility, that needs fed, that needs all these things. And then you're looking like, yo, I can't handle this dog. I got to take him back to the pound. It goes with men. Men are some of the most sensitive, the most... Man, dog, if you look at men together, we seem like the toughest, roughest, whatever. Bro, we need the most care. Than, I mean, you could almost put us in the level of like a newborn baby, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, real talk. Real <laughs> so, talk. So if you're not prepared for a dog, big dog, small dog, straight dog, whatever, you really need to check yourself and look and say, yo, am I prepared for this? Just like your parents used to when you were a kid. Are you ready for a dog? Are you even... It looked good. Man, how many times have you seen uh, a dope-ass pit or a dope-ass uh, Yorkie or whatever it may be that you like? And you be like, yo, that shit look cool, man. But you got to think, I got to take that dog out. I, if I go on vacation, I got to find somewhere to put the dog. If I'm gone too long from mm-hmm. home, the dog needs to be let out. All that shit comes along, man. And that's how you got to look at relationships. And I think we don't yeah. do that. We don't do that, man, male or female. We don't look at it. We just think that shit going to look good because a girl's on our arm or a dude is taking out your trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Real talk. Real talk. So sometimes when you think you're ready for love, you might need to test out a pet first. You know what I'm saying? Because... <laughs> yeah, get you a fish. <laughs> <laughs> you might need a cat or, you know what I'm saying, a little goldfish or something. The like, shit. test that out first. Bro, get you, get you a plant. <laughs> Try a plant for her. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, Real man. talk. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because man. it's um, you know, it's interesting that you say like the pound because um, usually when you say the pound, you're talking about all of the men that mm-hmm. have the same animal instincts as this dog that has been led astray. He's not been cared for. Doesn't necessarily have anybody to treat him like he's valuable like the pound is like back to the homies that got some of the fucked up habits oh, yeah. you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. and believe it or not that's most men <laughs> yeah yeah real talk and we can't shake that because even though we know we doing the best with what we have mm-hmm. as men a lot of that you know a lot of that is flawed information that we're distributing amongst each other but we still doing our very best. You know, we still don't really know how to improve on those instances where we're sent back to the pound either. Like, you know, we don't really know like what to do because the pound seems to be the, the love and the affection 
or the misguided love and affection yes. that yes. we feel like we've been missing yep. going through this process with this woman. So, yep. Yep. Um, and, and BJ, and, I, and to add to respond to that, man, I'm gonna ask you a question, man. And honestly, like, as men, and and especially as black men, and I just say men and period, but let's just speak, let's just speak for black men, man. I think like majority of our lives we are fighting to survive. And what I mean by that, mm-hmm. not like survive in a sense of like, I'm going to die, but like we survive for like um, acceptance. We survive for like in this conquer big dog, eat little dog, you know what I mean? And, and everything that we do as far as this, this, this time to be a man or even preparing to be a man, it's about survival, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you go back to the pound, it's about survival, regardless of if it's your homeboys or whoever it is, it's about survival. It's about, yo, man, um, I got the biggest balls here. I got the biggest wallet. I got the biggest whatever. I'm the most, the strongest. I'm the, all these things that we do to survive as men. And then we go to this precious woman. We have to just say, okay, it's not about survival anymore. It's about protection. It's just like men don't. Right, sometimes we don't right. know how to. We don't how to. We don't know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? You just pound dog living in a pound. You ain't protecting anything. You protecting yourself. Now you go get. Right. Now this woman gets you. She gets a dog for protection or for whatever it is. Now you got to go into protection mode, bro. That's 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 tough. You know what I mean? And it's, that's tough. It's, it's really tough. Is. <laughs> you and know? you know what's interesting about your example is that's an indictment on women. Because you have to understand that um, there's these characteristics that come that men don't have any control over. Like if a woman is attracted to a man with broad shoulders, she automatically thinks that he's strong. You know, she's looking at the the width of his shoulders. She's looking at his tri and biceps and she's assessing how much strength he actually encompasses in this body type or body frame that he has. But what she's not factoring in is what is he carrying that he has to have those arms? What is he dealing with that he has to have these, you know, these pecs, these triceps, biceps, the, you know, the back strength, the, you know, the things that he's dealing with. Like some men, some men only go to the gym to let off steam. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like the, the rips and cuts of his body are just indicators mm. of how much stress he's yeah. actually going through. Yeah, you just killed But see, that. you romanticize. <laughs> he just killed you're that. Romantic- <laughs> yeah, real talk. Yeah, you killed that. But it just looks good to you. Yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. good to you. You don't know what that body has been through. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's the thing about, you know, this dog training is because most men that go through all of these things, of course, have to have a way to express themselves. So when you get a dog, so so, so it's like this, BJ, it's like if you want a pit bull because a pit bull is this, this dog who's going to just, just have this fear and that show fear. Like, yo, I got this pit step back, but bro, that pit's been beat his whole life. He don't want to mm-hmm. fight no more, man. He, he don't want to fight no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you know, and you get that, you get that dog and all you do is remind him of where he comes from. You know, you ain't shit. Yep. All you ever done ah, is, or damn. you get that man. Nigga, you who, a pit. You supposed to be a bark, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. And you get him yeah. and now he's in this process of trying to 
escape a certain habitat and yeah. all you're doing is reminding him of where he comes from. Damn, That's what makes him comfortable staying the way that he is. So you have to know how to, like you say, nurture those pets mm. that you have. You have to know how to not only build them up and make them tough and strong and aggressive, ah, but man. also know how to properly use those emotions that exist within you as that dog or as that man or as that boyfriend you have to nurture you know like men and women have to do it i know that women feel like they're the only ones doing it but it is an indictment on us all to be a little bit more understanding in that regard because it's so many dudes going back to the pound and sometimes that pound ends them back up in prisons and all different types of places that they don't deserve to be because they still don't get that outlet of expression Mm -hmm. and you know get to really level with somebody on their feelings so and with me man yeah and with me you know and with me what happens is like when something when i'm disappointed my pound isn't like a place like my pound is my my dog pound it, it, again keeping it metaphorically it's it's my mental it, i go back to a place mentally right you know what right, i mean right. i go back to that place mentally and it's not good man you know what i mean and um it's about it's about trying not to it's, it's you know it's a it's a continued struggle bro just because if you've been raised like that your whole life and that's that's your comfort's place you just have to realize and try to find out how to get out of that and change it from being your comfort comfort. You know what I mean? So, but sometimes man, throughout disappointment, you know, something happens, you know, you put all this trust in, in one person, woman, man, whoever it may be. And then they disappoint you. And then you go back to that place of like, nah, this is how I survived. This is how I, this is how I survived my whole life. So I'm going back here, you know, and a, right, and a pound for right. a dog isn't good, bro. Because guess what? you can only stay in a pound so long as a dog. Cause if not, if eventually they're going to have to put you down. <laughs> Real talk. Real, Real talk, bro. They're going to put you down. The dog can't stay there forever, man. They don't, you, you're, if they don't, if they don't adopt you, they're going to put you down. And that's just a reality. That's a reality. Yeah, man. And, and most of those, and most of those men that have, you know, been in them pounds for, God knows how long Bro. they don't understand why the brothers that have elevated and the brothers that have become successful in figuring this thing out. It's like, they don't even look back for you after so long. Nah, it's like, no. there's nothing left for you. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. man, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's tough. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, tough. it's really tough. It's tough. And I really want people to understand how tough it is to be, you know, a man who's actually trying but you constantly hear people not giving you no kinds of encouragement. Like, you know how, you know, you get those people who say men are trash and they never acknowledge the guy that's actually trying to establish new habits. That's the detriment that, you know, you create when you don't acknowledge the efforts that these men are actually putting in to straighten their own shit out because keep in mind if they are trash and you still not helping how are they improving so if you see that he's really stepping up and he's becoming better at what he's doing at least say i see you good job at least you know what i'm saying hey let me ask you a question man do you think that women Mm -hmm. do you think that women who say that do you think they do you think they say that truly meaning that or do you think that's just them fulfilling that insecurity or that that space that they're uncomfortable with because of whatever reason like men are trash i think yeah i think that it's a 50 50 thing i think what it is is you have those women who 
have yet to understand the part that they play in the improvement of men? Like, what's the point of stepping to a woman knowing what your intention is if she can't communicate exactly what she needs and wants? You know, that man just, and regardless as to how you look at that scenario, if you can't communicate and if you can't be open-minded and receptive to where he is at a, at the point that he comes to you, a lot of times you're going to reject them in the harshest way possible. You're going to, all you're going to point out is what he didn't do to appease you or make you feel a certain type of way. So you turn these men away and then say, oh, well, men are not stepping up. Men are not, you know, coming with nothing to offer. They not doing this, but you didn't even find out what his strengths, what his weaknesses what his promises, you know, what his promising attributes were. You didn't investigate anything. You just said that he just didn't fit. So there's those women who never really give men a chance, period. And they just join the bandwagon. But then you have those other women who have, you know, have endorsed, have supported, have been a champion, have been, you know, carrying a lot of dudes too. Like they do their parts and they want to feel pride in men but they just don't have that energy like you were saying about cleaning up the shit like look we've tried to help y'all with y'all shit before and it hasn't yielded us anything so you have a group of women who just never give men chances and then you have another side of this group who really does have you know an experience or a story behind what they're saying when they say men are trash so as a man that that becomes the initiative for a man to stop focusing on women and focus on yourself. Like when you hearing those things, you got to turn, you got to turn the women off. You can't, you know, you can't continually take in these women constantly telling you negatives when you trying to encourage yourself. What you have to do is focus on you, get you to the point that you're comfortable or most comfortable with yourself and let your traits and your characteristics exude in the world and let them come back. Let it attract the person that you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't yeah, keep yeah. fighting for you can't keep fighting people. Like yeah. you gotta at some point just say, Look, man, it's just not my time. Let me go get a plant and love on the plant. <laughs> yeah, get you a goldfish, man. <laughs> get you a goldfish. Find something that's going yeah, to give you yeah, the energy you yeah. need because I think that that's ultimately what we say when, you know, we become single and then we get that re- we get that um, reintroduction to our relationship with God. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, once you go through that, you know, tumultuous relationship, it's like, all right, look, I, I just need God right now. Mm-hmm. You have to find something to connect to that's going to give you that positive energy. So let women get all of their feelings out at that point. Let them mm-hmm. say what they're going to say. Let them purge that because they have to get those things out. But you have to shut that off and focus on the goodness that you're trying to create within yeah, yourself. No doubt, no doubt. And and that's how we have to that's how we have to strengthen our men too. Because truth of the matter is, even when we hear it and we don't like it, sometimes we believe it too. And mm-hmm. we gotta own that too. You know, you already felt like that before she said it. So don't blame her for why you ain't shit mm-hmm. because you knew you felt that way before she said it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, basically mentally training our homeboys to ignore the negativity and focus on the positive growth that you're trying to make. Because everybody is not going to see 
you know, the improvements that you're making. But if we keep each other encouraged, it becomes more visible. Mm-hmm. And that's what you should focus on. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I agree, man. I 100% agree. Because, I mean, it's rough. I mean, we talk shit about them, too. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, they bitter. They, you know, they hate me and they hateful. They this, they that. But a lot of times, you know, when they tune us out, they they start bossing up. They start owning shit. They start taking over shit. You know, you can't help but to notice. And Sometimes you have to let them do what they do so that your senses can be awakened to just how dope they really are, despite the stuff that they go through. And sometimes it'll make you come correct. It'll make you say, well, damn, like she done really stepped up since the last time, you know, I shitted on her. You know what I'm saying? And it'll make you like adjust yourself. Like if you seeing somebody that you shitted on really get their shit together, Mm -hmm. it's it's almost it's almost positive that you gonna feel away. Yeah, yeah. Even if it was like, even if they fucked up, you're gonna be like, damn, they shining. You know, despite mm-hmm. the fact that they not with you, you're gonna still feel away. Yeah. So that's how we have to inspire each other. We have to show each other that we trying. And that's how shit change. Like we can't we can't keep going back and forth with them about how they feel. Sometimes they entitled to it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think you I think you're right, man. You know, like you said, regardless if you believe it or not, you know, if this woman is talking about you and they say, you know, men ain't shit or you ain't shit, you know, um, regardless if you if if that shit gonna hit you a little bit, you know, and especially if you ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. Real shit. You know what I mean? So like you said, sometimes it just takes you stepping away or them stepping away to you realizing you ain't shit. But a lot of times the niggas get back right into still continuing to be ain't shit and get into the next situation and still not be shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But one thing yeah. you did say, man, is about encouraging men. I think what happens is, man, I think a lot of times, and it just depends on like um, how, how you encourage another man, how men encourage each other. I mean, I think a lot of times people just think that you got to sit down and have this heart to heart and say, brother, what are you doing? Uh, man, you need to straighten up. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you don't even have to do that, man. Sometimes you just have to when you see, for example, man, you know, even the first time I met you uh, in Detroit, you know, uh, I think yeah, we was in Detroit. It was for um, uh, yeah, the Ohio State and Michigan. Exactly. Man. Exactly. Man, sometimes it's just people who just like genuine about like, yo. Like, yo, man, I fuck with your show, man. It's dope. And that just inspires you to continue to be like, yo, man, I need to keep doing that. Or sometimes men just have to just really support each other, man, on some real shit and not even have to have a sit down with them and say, hey, bro, you slipping, man. Sometimes it just takes encouragement to see, like, if a person's doing some positive shit, it just encur- it continues to make them want to work harder. And you know, like I know, when you are focused on doing positive shit, man, a lot of times you don't have time to get into no bullshit. You know what I mean? So I think it, it yeah. just really just genuinely rocking with each other, man. I think that's, and I'm talking about real. I ain't talking about no, just I'm going to repost you just because we in this circle of friends and we get this circle of, right, I'm talking right. about like truly like fucking with people like, yo, man, I, I and, and just sometimes, man, those words of encouragement from another man is like, that's just dope. And you just going to continue to be like, yo, yeah. I need to keep pushing my craft because this one person, you know, thought that shit was cool, you know? So, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, it was, you know, it was a long road to get to this point that I'm at, you know, and, it was brothers like you, like, you know, the drunken yeah. nights, like, you know, so many guys that was just like hitting me up on the personal level. Like, look, get on your shit. You know what I'm saying? And 
it was those moments of like self doubt because of course I remember still being a little bit um like timid about talking about some of the things that I've been through because it used like I think mentally I was conditioned to believe that talking about these circumstances was like being timid. It was being like sensitive. Like you can't you can't tell this to nobody and expect for somebody to feel sorry for you. You a man. You supposed to tough it out, you know? And those moments when I just said, fuck it, I'm gonna just say it. You know what I'm saying? That's what made the difference because like even with Vegas, like I always tell people it was the nights that brought me to this point where I can talk about all the shit I've been saying, you know, because there was a point where I would just tell people the outcome of my circumstances and help them with the answers versus telling them the backstory. So they came to me and said, look, I think that you be saying certain shit just to cape for women. So now you got to like man up and say, look, no, nah, nigga, I went through this, 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 and this, and this is where this come from. And now it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I see, you know, what he talking about, or now I yeah, see where this is yeah. coming from. And sometimes it takes people to have those, those kind of heart to hearts where they're just being honest about how they perceive you. Yeah, yeah. People ain't hating on you all the time. Some people just need to know a little bit more <laughs> yeah. than what you're giving them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think too, man, it makes you, it makes people understand who you are, you know? Um, I think when you, when you're vulnerable, it, it, it makes you, it shows like, yo, okay. You know how it is, man. When a person's vulnerable, people can look at it two ways. They can look at it that you're weak or they can look at it as like, yo, I could trust this person. But you, you know, once you are living your truth, man, who gives a fuck if a person thinks you weak? You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, you need to, you know, you right, know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, I, I share things on my show. Like, I'm like, probably not enough. You know, I've been waiting for somebody to give mm -hmm. me a, I've been, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me for my, I've been wanting to, I want to, I've been wanting to tell my story a little bit, but you know, to a sense of like trying to, try, it's just therapy, bro. It's just therapy, letting that shit out. Man. Real talk. You know what I'm saying? Real talk. And, you yeah. know, people just look at you and see you one way, man. They look at me seeing me and me smiling, smiling Jones who likes cookies. Motherfucker, you don't know what I've been through, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, man. Real it's, talk. It, and it's, uh, it's, but you know, man, it's like you said, man, it's therapy and just letting it out, man. And so, man. Yeah, you know. just getting it out. Yeah. Yeah, man. I really appreciate this conversation, man. I think we going to have to follow this yeah, up, man. too. Yeah, because it's uh it's quite a bit of things that we can um definitely touch matter of fact i'm gonna see you guys in august so maybe we can yeah, follow man. you up in yeah august man i told you man i told you man you can you know if you, you you got my my doors open for you man i got a spot for you to lay your head if you need it um man you we good you, and, and when you come you most definitely got to get on the stakes as high for sure for sure Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's about time. I definitely need that. Yeah, yeah, man. You do for so, sure. Man, for sure. yeah. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna definitely follow this up in um a very interesting way. I think I know what direction that we can go in, and I'm gonna have a couple more dogs on the show, so we can really hash out, you know, some really deep, deep conversation. So definitely expect a part two to this. But I want to thank my brother Jones for sliding up yes, on me. Sir definitely reaching out because like me you know he has a lot of thought-provoking content him and tc really go into some very deep places with people and i think those people leave their show feeling better about what they've been through because they had somebody who showed them compassion and tried to understand and make a, a valuable point to 
why this could be their experience yeah. and they leave with purpose you know what i'm saying so um i highly recommend you guys to take you know to take a time out and listen to stakes is high yes, podcast please. it's very dope please. That intro is so ah, fucking man, fire, yeah. bro. Shout like, out to my brother Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. That shit's so fire, hey, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I literally play that like two or three times before I get into the show. <laughs> yeah. It's like it brings so much energy to y'all oh, show, man. man. <laughs> yeah, I was I mean, honestly, I've been talking to him about doing APG coming to the studio, man. And I was like, ah oh, my God. Yeah, I was I was hyped, man. You know, it's like, this is just like, a, you know, man, you know how it is, man, when you're in the production of trying to create your platform and continue to have, yeah. you know, more and more add to it, take away, whatever, whatever, man. And that was just like, ah, man, that was, that, that intro was perfect, man. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Indiana does it. Like, y'all got, I mean, between you and the Knights, y'all intros really set the tone for yeah, your show. Yeah, that's my brother's, so. man. Uh, man, I, man, I'm excited about you coming down, man, to come support our tools for teachers, man. So, uh, man, if you guys are listening here, man, if you don't mind me doing this, BJ, but man, please, um, you can you can check out uh, our go to our social and that's Stakes is High Pod, and uh, that's on all social platforms and uh, Stakes is High Pod at Gmail if you have questions. But man, please, our Eventbrite is tools for teachers. Uh, we are raising school supplies for teachers, man, and we are doing an event this. We're uh, this is our this is our second event. We did one last year. This year we're doing it with the um, the drunken nights, man. Please, if you just want to go there to make a, a a cash donation, or if you can make it, it'd be great. Uh, come and you know drop off some supplies and, and enjoy a live show. We have some of the other black podcasts in the city coming in, man. We're doing a everybody's getting a set, getting a set that they're able to do a set of their show, and man, it's just gonna be an event, man. Um, but again, if you are from out of town, if you do want to look into that, look into it's an, it's an Eventbrite, it's tools for teachers. Uh, just look in Indianapolis and type in tools for teachers and you'll find it. You can make a donation, you know, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, check us out, man, for sure, for sure. Yeah, much, 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 much needed for, you know, not only us as podcasters getting to um, be a part of community service, yeah. you know what I'm saying, but also for, you know, people to see black men and women coming together for yes, a great sir. cause. Yes, so I highly recommend you guys to follow up with yeah. Jones and the Drunken Nights to – really participate in that event. I'm going to post it on my social media so you guys can see um, all of the details and how to donate and all of those things. This show is going to be a catalyst for it too. So what you're hearing, definitely follow up with me if I'm not as clear on, you know, the information and I'll definitely get that to you as well. Cause we have to support each other and, um, you know, come together more often for like, you know, good causes. I know we all like to have fun and, you know, do a lot of the interesting things that we do. But when it comes to the school system, especially the black yes. school system, when it comes to black teachers, when it comes to black government, all of these things are very much important. And our platforms have the capabilities of influencing yes. the changes that need to be made. Yes, so shouts out to you Kings yeah, on man. that. And to piggyback off what you said, and to, uh, real quick before, to piggyback, my bad, bro. The school that we are using mm -hmm. is an Indianapolis public school system who is 65% black. And, man, it's a low-income school. That, that's a, so teachers are getting the school supplies, but the majority of the school supplies are being donated to that school. So, But, yeah, man, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, man. We, like, just keep plugging it. Yeah, We're going to keep pushing, sure. you know, to make sure that this is a – a thing that continues and um hopefully the listeners if any of you guys notice um they they've done this twice so um hopefully this will be an yes. annual thing 
and this is your contribution to somewhere other than where you live. You know what I'm saying? So you get to establish a name and reputation for not only your city, but then other cities as well. So it's all positive. You know what I'm saying? Like, just do what you have to do to contribute something positive to one of your peers who's doing positive work in their community, man. It's, it's necessary. So um, shouts out to you, Kings, for doing that. Um, if anything um, you guys want to share about what you heard today, definitely hit me up at BJ on Twitter. The show page is the subject change on Instagram, and you can send me an email at changedsubject at gmail.com. I welcome all of your comments. Definitely rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a comment. Let me know how you think the show is. Um, it's very important. I, again, thank my brother Jones for stopping through, and this has been another episode of Change the Subject. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace and blessings. Peace.